you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to the book of Luke, the 15th chapter, starting with verse 1. This is from the message. It says, by this time, a lot of men and women of doubtful reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening intently. The Pharisees and religious scholars were not pleased, not at all pleased. They growled. He takes in sinners and eats meals with them, treating them like old friends. And their grumbling triggered this story. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word because it's life, and we just ask you, God, to have your way today. Lord, let me decrease so you can increase, and I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share a thought with you today for just a little while on this, getting to know the Father. Would you say that with me? Getting to know the Father. Jesus is teaching and sinners and everybody are gathering around because they're drawn to him. And when the Pharisees see that, it upsets them and they begin to challenge him, you know, what's wrong with him? He's, he's letting these people sit around him and it says that it triggered this story and Jesus starts in on a series of three parables to try and explain the heart of the Father. The first one that he talks about has to do with a man that has a hundred sheep and one gets lost and the scripture said that he leaves the 99 and he goes after the one and rejoices when he finds that one and brings it back. He then talks about a woman that had 10 pieces of silver. She loses one and she lights the candle and she sweeps the house and she searches the house looking all over the place for that piece of silver. And when she finds it, she rejoices that she found that piece and she calls everyone up and lets them know, I found what was lost. Then he goes into a parable of two brothers. Everybody say two brothers, same father. And this is what he says concerning them. This is in Luke 15 and 12. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. I want you to make sure you get that one phrase. He divided to them. Everybody say them. So there are two boys, one dad, and the younger brother goes up to his father and he says, look, I, I'm, I'm done hanging out here. I want to try out my wings. I don't need you anymore. I'm able to survive on my own. I can make it on my own. Anybody ever felt like that before? You know, I'm talking about just going to, you ate a bunch of Wheaties that morning and you were ready to go. And then all of a sudden he, he, he asks his father for his portion and his father doesn't argue him down. His father doesn't reject him. How many of you know that there are some things you're only going to learn 
by experiencing them. And so he brings both boys together. Everybody say he, both of them. And the Bible said that he gave to them his livelihood. So he gave both the elder and the younger an inheritance. The young man takes off. When he takes off, he's so excited. He packs his bags and he's on his way. Any of you ever go on a vacation that you just were so excited about and then ended up wishing you never made the trip? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, you, you know, you get caught in the airport for 10 hours and you're thinking, man, is this flight ever going to leave? Or you go someplace. How many of you have ever gone down to Florida and you're all excited? You're going to lay in the sun. It rains the whole time you're there. Went up in the mountains one time, and I thought, man, this is going to be great. You know, we're going to drive through the mountains and all that, and they had it closed. Couldn't even get through Trail Pass Ridge. It was all snowed in, and I thought, man, I can't believe I drove all this way, and I'm not even going to get to go through those mountains. And then they finally opened it up the next day, and I was all excited again. <clears throat> the young man goes out, and he, he's, he's got a pocket full of cash, and and he squanders it. Everybody say, he blew it. He did it on the, let me just use plain English. He did it on wild living. I know none of us know anything about that, right? Any of you ever howled at the moon on Friday night? <laughs> I hope it wasn't this past Friday night. <laughs> and so he, 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 he just lost it all. And then he, there's a famine that hits. How many of you have ever gone into a store and forgot your wallet? You know what I'm talking about? I can't tell you. You would think as many times as I'd done that, I wouldn't do that anymore. But I get, I, I get up, man, and have a, you know, and the bad thing is I, I never realize I don't have it until she's checked me out. And now I got all these people behind me, and they give me all that, you know, that real sweet look. <laughs> you know, you got, and, and so I'm just, I'm thinking, man, I've really, you know, and I said, man, I am so sorry. I got so embarrassed one day. I was here at this Walmart. I can't believe I'm telling you this. I was here at this Walmart, and I, I went in line. I got it all, you know, and I, I reached. I thought, oh, man, you know. <laughs> I looked at her. I said, ma'am, I'm sorry. I forgot my wallet. I said, I need to run out and get it. I ran out in the car, and it wasn't at the car. It was here at the church. I jumped in the car, drove all the way to the church, grabbed my wallet, drove all the way back, walked back in there, and I thought, they're not even going to have my stuff up there. And my stuff was still there, and the lady looked at me, and she said, man, I can't believe you're back. I didn't think you were coming. And I said, well, my wallet was a little further away from me than I'd anticipated. It was, And so she... I was able to check out, but when you don't have anything and you need something, there's a helpless feeling to that. And so this boy has lost everything. And all the friends he thought he had weren't there for him anymore. Anyone ever been there? It's amazing how many people like you as long as you're bankrolling the party. But once you stop paying for it, the party's over. And so he 
doesn't know what to do. And he finally goes out. He's in a strange country. He, he didn't just leave his dad's house. He left everything that symbolized his father. He left everything. He goes into a completely different country, and he walked up to a guy, and the guy ends up hiring him to slop his hogs. I thought about this. How many of you have ever started a new job, and you have to wait two weeks before you get paid? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. If, where I, where, when I worked a secular job, I started at this job, and they, held, they always held a week back. So I had to work two weeks before I could get the first paycheck. And I'm telling you, those are the longest two weeks of your life. And so this guy takes a job. He's flat broke. He's got nothing. He's got no food. He can't, he can't buy food. And the guy hires him. And the Bible said that this guy would have gladly eaten the slop that the hogs were eating, but they wouldn't let him. No one would give it to him. And man, he's beside himself. He's thinking, I'm dying out here. And then all of a sudden, something happens. The Bible says that he comes to himself. And he starts thinking about his father. All of a sudden, he gets a revelation about dad. He realizes that what he left was really what he needed. He comes to an, an epiphany that my best days were back there, not here. And so he gets a revelation. He, the father's heart gets revealed to him. Now watch how. He said, even my father's servants get three meals a day. And I'm starving here. My dad's servants get treated better than I've been treated by my so-called friends. And he says to himself, he says, I'm going to go back home. I know I could never have, I, I know I could never be his son again. That he wouldn't, he would never let me be his son again. But maybe he would just let me be his servant. And, and, and so he rehearses in his mind what he's going to say, and, and he's got it all figured out. And, and look, this boy's not faking nothing. This boy's heart's broken, and he thinks, I can't believe I did this. And I don't know that Dad will even want to see me, but he starts back, and when he starts back, he looks at it, he, he, he's, he's saying this in his mind, and he's saying, I'm just going to tell him, look, Dad, I've sinned against you, and I've sinned against God, and, 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 and I'm sorry, and I, I, know, I know I could never be your son again, but please, could I be your servant? Would you just please, Dad, hire me? Because I got no place to go. And what he didn't know was that his father had been watching for him. And that scene unfolds something like this. My son, you're home. <laughs> Somebody kill the fatted calf. Bring me a robe. Bring me a ring. My son is home. Let's party. 
and so he calls for a fatted calf to be slain, the best robe and ring to be given to him. But the scene isn't over yet. What's what's going on? What's with all the, the music and the party going on? What, what's happened? I haven't heard, sir. I just came in from the fields. Your brother is home. Your father's killing the fatty cow. We're going to have a party. He's home. We're partying. Yes. That's not pop. Oh. Yes, sir. Run, run and sir. grab my father. This is... I can't believe. Master. I can't believe that he's throwing a party. Dad, what, what's going on? Hey, I mean, what, tell me that's, that's what, not true. Son, what, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I'll tell you what's wrong. You're throwing a party for him. For your son went and took your inheritance and, and blew it on wild living and, and wine and, and harlots. Just like that. Nothing. Nothing to show for it. And, and he comes back and you're throwing him a party? We're having a good time? Yay, we're, we're celebrating that? Son, Dad, I mean, think about what you're doing. This is ridiculous. Son, son, I mean, let me explain. No, no, me, it's not that easy. Okay, this is, this is crazy. And don't even, don't even think for one minute that he's going to get anything of mine. Son, son, please. Please. Amazing, isn't it? That the father is throwing a party, but the brother doesn't want anything to do with it. He wants dad to throw him out of the house before he's willing to step into the house. He, he, he starts talking about he won't even accept him as his brother now. And he says, this, this, this son of yours, he, he went out and he squandered everything, that all your living. No, he didn't squander the father's living. He squandered what the father gave to him. Can I tell you that the father wasn't broke? The father wasn't begging. The father wasn't lacking. The father still owned it all. You need to rejoice today to know that no matter how bad your mess up was, your daddy still got you covered. He's still able. He's still, he, he, he hasn't lost anything. Do you realize that we woke up today breathing God's air, drinking God's coffee, taking a shower in God's water, use God's shampoo to wash God's hair that's on your head? He owns it all. But the son can't get over the fact that his brother comes back home and he's, and dad just opens up his arms. I'm telling you that in this story, when Jesus shares it, he's trying to reveal the heart of the father. He's trying to let them see that no matter how far you've gone, you haven't gone far enough that God can't reach you, that God can't bring you in. But he's also trying to show something else. He's trying to reveal the heart that the boy doesn't get that stayed home. Let me ask a question. Who did he deal out the money to? both of them. So that boy had stayed home with a 
wad of cash dad had gave him stuck in his pocket, still sitting at his daddy's table, eating his daddy's bread and drinking his daddy's wine. He's still there and he hasn't spent anything that his father gave him. And he's upset because his brother came back. As a matter of fact, if you go on and you read the rest of that story, he gets so mad that he looks at me and said, I've, I've been here with you this whole time. I've been faithful the whole time, and you never killed a fatted calf for me. You never threw a party for me. I can't believe it. And his dad responded, and watch, he reveals his father's heart because a lot of times we don't get this. He, he, he responds and he says, son, you're ever with me. Everything that I have is yours. Do you know the only reason that boy, boy never had a party? It's because he never invited anybody over. He never killed a fatted calf. Maybe he just didn't get it that God wanted him to enjoy the journey. That we're not supposed to stay in the oh man, listen to me. Sometimes when we're in the world, we're so wound up and we'll dance and we'll party and Don't y'all look at me like that. You know you've done it. <laughs> been out, been out and about and carousing around and woohoo! Give your life to God and it's like you forget how to have any fun at all. Oh, I'm a Christian. I remember a story I heard about a boy. He walked into the kitchen. His Aunt Polly was in the kitchen. She was cooking. She looked like this. He walked up to her and said, Aunt Polly, what's wrong? He said, Jimmy, didn't you know your Aunt Polly's a Christian? Little boy thought about that. He was walking down the road, came, uh, uh, he's walking down a country road. He looks out in this field and he sees a donkey out in that field. And he, he jumped over the fence, walked out, and he looked at that donkey's face. And that donkey's face was, he started stroking that donkey between the ears. And he said, Mr. Donkey, it ain't that bad. My Aunt Polly's a Christian too. <laughs> God wants us to enjoy our journey. The boy didn't realize that the whole time he'd been home, he could have had a party. He could have been enjoying life. The other boy thought that he was having a party, but the party he had destroyed his soul. It destroyed his heart. And when he came to himself, he said, I just want to go home. The last thing on his mind was a party. He was just thinking, Dad will never take me as a son. I'm just praying I can be a servant. But when he met him and ran out, after him and threw his arms around him and held him and said, my son has come home. Don't you know that he felt joy unspeakable and full of glory? Don't you know at the moment that his father called him son, his heart leaped within him and he realized it's not too late for me. He still loves me. He still cares about me. It's a tale of two brothers and one father. That no matter where you're at and no matter what you're going through, he's looking for you. He's looking for you. You remember a guy in Scripture named Saul? And then later, he, I, you know, when I get to heaven, one of the first things I want to do is ask why the name change. I think I know I mean, you know, if you've been known as a rascal your whole life, 
It's kind of like Jacob and Israel. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, think about it. If you've got, how many of you know what Jacob's name meant? Deceiver. Let's just get with some plain English here. Deceiver. Cheater. How'd you like to be able to walk up and introduce yourself? Hey, how you doing? What's your name? Oh, Deborah. Hi, I'm Cheater. How you doing? No, man, it's, it's like, it, you know, you don't, you don't want to carry that with you. You don't want that. And Saul's name had become associated with destruction. It had become feared by believers. He was known as a tyrant, someone that, 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 would, that showed no mercy at all. Here's something unique. What you have to realize is this, is that Paul symbolizes both brothers. He is the elder brother that is taking people that are calling on the name of the Lord and throwing them in prison and seeing their families destroyed because he doesn't like the way they do it. But then, do you ever think you could be too religious? <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Do you ever feel like you could be too holy? <laughs> or you might think you are, but you're really not. And then Paul has an encounter with Jesus. I'm telling you that no matter where you're at in life, there's a God that wants to bring you home. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've experienced, no matter what your circumstances have been, there's a God that's determined to get you home. So Paul's out there, high and mighty, the elder brother, I never did anything wrong. I've always done. Matter of fact, Paul said, he said, man, if you're trying to find something to point to me about concerning the law, you're coming up empty-handed. He said that after the conversion. He said, look, man, touch, he said, touching the law, he said, a Pharisee, concerning the righteousness of the law, blameless. What was he saying? There's nothing in the law that you could point to me of and accuse me. I had it all down, but I had it all wrong. And all of a sudden, Jesus just shows up and says, you know what? I know nobody wants anything to do with that brother of another mother, but I'm his father. And so all of a sudden, he just reaches out, grabs hold of him puts him on his back and he looks up and he says Lord who art thou and he said my name is Jesus hello <laughs> it's kind of hard for you to get against that and man and at that moment Paul thinks man I am done there's a lightning bolt coming out of heaven to split my head wide open but that's not what happens instead he experiences the grace of God and can I tell you that he goes from being the elder brother to the younger brother that experienced God's grace welcoming him home when he had squandered everything. Anybody got a compact? Real quick, have you got one? If you do, get it out real quick. Anybody? Hurry, I need it. Like, give me three seconds. One, Gerald, you got a compact on you, buddy? 
<laughs> run it up, run it up. Yeah, is that, is that a mirror? How do you open it? Oh, thank you. Oh, no, no, wait. Yeah. She didn't tell me to. These sides magnify your face. I thought I pulled that hair out of my ear. Man, I got some stuff going on I didn't even know about. When... When you take a good look at yourself, you're going to see both those boys. I've been to that place in my life where I didn't want anything to do with God because I felt like God let me down. And then I had that epiphany where I realized that who I was running from was the very one that I needed most. And I had that place in my life where I hung around a bunch of folks that, praise the Lord, brother. Oh, praise the Lord. I started talking like him, praise the Lord. And I, I came to an understanding, that's not who I am. But I couldn't get that understanding until I got a good look at the Father. My grandma used to tell my dad, said, Delbert, you'll never have to worry about dying as long as Rick is alive. Because I looked just like my dad. My heart's prayer is that somebody can say that now. I'll never have to wonder what the love of God looks like as long as I see you. Because you reflected in such a powerful way. The first service today, can I be real transparent with you? In the first service today, I had my focus on the wrong part of this message. I focused on the brothers. A moment ago, back in my office, I was praying and God said, you need to focus on me. And it changed this entire message. I'm telling you, when we get our focus right, it changes everything. I love to sit outside and look at the moon. One of the great mysteries to me is the fact that it can be so bright and it has no light of its own. Did you know that? 
GE is not on the moon. No power plants up there, no light bulbs, nothing. Matter of fact, the moon is a very dark place. But pastor, I just saw it, you know, the other night, and it was just as bright as it could be. <laughs> That's because of its relationship to the sun. <laughs> when the moon... <laughs> You know where I'm going. <laughs> when the moon gets positioned right with the sun, it shines like nobody's business. I have, I don't do this and don't let this get around, especially you young drivers, but <clears throat> I have, would you come back? Oh, never mind. I'll just hang on to this for a while. You probably, I'll, I may look when I get some courage. <laughs> when I was, when I was younger, I was driving one night, and the moon was so bright. Everybody say, so bright. I reached down and cut my lights off. <laughs> Pull them back on. Yeah. I don't even need these lights. Did that one time. I saw these lights. <laughs> now, it wasn't because of the moon. I'd come out of a parking lot that was real bright. And honest to goodness, I'd forgot that I even needed to turn my lights on. He pulled me over. I thought, what's he pulling me over about? Happened to you too? You see? That's what happens when you hang around the wrong people. <laughs> no, no, no. He pulls me over and he says, I said, what's your problem, officer? He said, you don't have your lights on. I said, what? Don't have my lights on? I, I didn't say it to him, but I, I wanted to, I didn't need them. Where I was at, I didn't need any light. The moon is not diminished, and it is not worthless because it doesn't have the ability to produce any light of its own. As a matter of fact, it's the first place that we went to to plant a flag in space. And there was a race to get there first. Why? Because we wanted folks to know We'd been there. James, are you still here? James used to tell a story, and I don't know if he's going to stick to it, to it today or not. He told me a story one time that he had a telescope that he looked at the moon and he saw our flag on it. You remember that? And I thought, yeah, right. <laughs> He, he saw the flag, but he was dreaming, man. It's amazing that what you choose to look through determines how much you can see. 
Sometimes we look at God and what we're looking through just keeps us in the dark because we're looking through the wisdom of the world. We're looking through the ideology of others. But if you could ever <laughs> open this book and see him through here, you'd see that flag, that blood-stained banner planted over the soul of our hearts. Would you come up? I mean, not everybody, but <laughs> praise him. We're in a unique season right now. It's a season of two brothers. One running away from God and one that can't quite seem to understand the heart of God. And the father is waiting for both of them to come home. Just come on home. Had a buddy tell me one time I moved down here, and this is right before my radical conversion. And I ran around with him, and he's gone now, so you can't find out any of these stories. But the day that I saw him, the day I finally understood the Father, it changed me. I was at his house, and he looked at me, and he said, man, Rick, you're not the same. He said, you, you've changed. And I smiled real big. I said, let me tell you why. <laughs> and I started to share with him about the goodness of God. They sang that song a little bit earlier, Holy Water. And that one line, what's, how's that line go? Somebody help me out here. Give it to me. Give me that line. Huh? Yeah, hit it. Hit it on the piano. Let me, let me hear it. I want, to, I want the line. Where's your mic at, honey? You ready? Give me the line. sounded so good. <laughs> I want you to get this. Because see, here's the deal, guys. The longer we stay away from him, the more miserable we are. The closer we get to him, the more brilliant we become. <laughs> it's all right. I've fallen before. I'll get back up. <laughs> and so when you think about that song, his forgiveness, this may be my only chance to sing this, so stay, 
His forgiveness. Your, your forgiveness. It's like what? It's like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. <laughs> Ought to make you lick your lips. <laughs> it's like, it's like what? It's like a sound of a symphony in my ears. And it's like what? Like holy water. Yes, it is. of God for the first time he'd been doing church for a long time and the grace of God for the first time and you know what he does he ends up getting so excited he packs up and he starts traveling all over the place to tell people that don't know anything about him that the Jews have rejected that the elder brother had pushed out remember where this parable started Jesus is talking to people that the Jews want nothing to do with and now Paul's going after them I got some good news for you today when nobody else wants you he still wants you when nobody else cares he still cares he is that living water so this is what I want you to do they're gonna sing this one more time but right now I want you to look if you're not if you're in this place and you've never said yes to him I want you to run down here right now and just shout yes. Would you do that real quick, anybody? All right, okay, hang out here with me just a second. I'll be right back. You're watching today, and you're saying to yourself, I want what they've got, but I'm just so far away that it could never happen for me. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. All you've got to do is turn your face toward him start heading to him and he's going to run to apprehend you the father ran to get him so your your life the best part of your life that honey on your lips is just a prayer away that symphony in your ears is within your reach and that holy water can be brought by God himself if you'll just say yes everybody say yes with me no 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 say it like you mean it yes one more time yes all right for the rest of us in here here's what you get to do his grace is amazing isn't it I mean really isn't it how many of you'd like to get what you deserve <laughs> I'm getting what I don't deserve 
the grace of God poured out on me. The love of God demonstrated to me. I mean, come on, think about it. This is the only way I can explain it. It's like, you ever get put out of a meeting? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I, I was at a, I don't know if that's a good illustration. Let me, let me, let me say it like this. Okay, so all of a sudden, Debbie comes into a place and they say, let me see your pass. She said, I got no pass. Maybe I ought to say passport because that's what she did to me one time. The passport, it expired. And she didn't even think about it until the day we were leaving for another country. So she got, she said, oh, I guess I'm going to have to stay at home. <laughs> so so let, let's just say that, that her pass is expired and she can't get in. And, and, and they put her out. Everybody said they put her out. But then all of a sudden, the guy that owns the place comes in and says, sees her crying and says, what's wrong? No password, no passport? Come on, I'm your passport now. And walks in. Do you understand that that's what happened to us? That we were thrown out, but Christ himself came and wrapped his arms around us and escorted us in to the presence of a living God. Come on and sing it one more time. As they sing it, I want you to stretch your hands to heaven right now. Let this be your prayer today. God, say with me, God, I want you to fill me up till I flow all over the place. I want you to let the light of your love shine on me so people need sunglasses to look at me. I want, I want your presence in my life. I want to make a difference. I want to declare that you're a good God, that you're able, and that no matter what's going on, you're going to see us through. Will you declare that with me right now? Everybody say, in Jesus' name, amen. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my sound of a symphony in my ears like holy water on my skin your forgiveness goes like sweet sweet honey on my lips like the sound of a symphony in my ears like holy water on my skin like holy water on my skin telling him, look, you're getting ready to go through some stuff. They're going to they're gonna tie you up. And they're going to put you in prison. Paul looked at him and said, why are you trying to break my heart? He said, I'm not only ready to be put in prison for Christ. He said, I'm ready to give my life. He said, none of, none of these things move me. He said, can I say it in plain vernacular? 
This ain't no sweat. He said, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear to myself. Why? He said, so that I might finish my course with joy. Now, do you know why the devil keeps trying to rob you of your joy? Because the Bible said that the joy of the Lord is my strength. He knows that once you push past all that negative stuff, and you begin to feel the joy of the Lord encompass you, you're going to be like Popeye, man. You're going to be flexing some major muscle. Stretch those hands. God, I can give praise for you. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. Like the sound of a symphony. I want you to do I want you how can I say how many of you have ever traveled a long time someplace you know what I mean it took a while to get there when I when I was doing mission work there were times that I would travel sometimes I'd be up for especially like coming back sometimes like 30 something hours before I'd finally get to a place and always one of the first things I wanted to do when I got to where I was going, can you guess? Take a shower. I had some major stink on me. Why? Because look, when you travel, you pick up some stuff, you know what I mean? And so you're not going to get through this life. Don't anybody get offended at me. You can't get through this life without getting some stink on you. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, I love you. But sometimes, I stink. I didn't say you stink. See, they're already, you stink. Sometimes you stink. No, you got, you got to lay claim to it. But you don't have to keep it. Sometimes my thinking stinks. Do you ever get stinking thinking? Sometimes my attitude stinks. What I found out is there's a river that never runs dry. And when I can make my way to that river, I get a little excited when I get holy water on my skin. (laughs) And God begins to refresh and revive. So look at your neighbor real quick. Look at him, you don't have to look at him long, just look at him and say, as soon as I get out of here, I'm getting me some holy water. I'm, I'm not I'm going to spend some time thanking God for what he's done for me today amen come on I want to let me pray for you if you got a special need you can come up we'll pray for you let me pray for everyone father I thank you that you love us beyond what we're able to comprehend I thank you that no matter how far 
we may stray, you're always looking for us to come home. I thank you, God, that no matter how rotten our attitude might get, you've always got holy water for our skin. So today, we yield ourselves to you and ask you to make us conduits that your joy and your love can flow through and make us the ref let us be like the moon today and cause us to reflect the light of your love and goodness in Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you guys. Sing it one more time. Your forgiveness is like sweet.